0: Hey everyone. Welcome back to Quick Take, your apple Focus podcast. I'm your host, John Sherrod. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, when I first announced uh, almost two years ago, I guess about a year and a half ago, that I was going to be starting a regular apple Focus podcast, I had a friend say, is there really enough information for a, for a weekly or biweekly uh, podcast all about Apple? And I assured him that, in fact, there was. There's always news about Apple. But this has been a particularly crazy week. Uh, I was remarking to someone earlier that, I'm not sure I can remember a single week outside of one of Apple's big events like the Worldwide Developers Conference or one of its iPhone launch events. Uh, Outside of something like that, I can't remember a single week where there's been this much Apple news out there. And not only is it just a lot of Apple news, it's really potentially big stuff. Of course... uh, Uh, A little over a week ago, Apple had its education-focused event where it announced uh, the new low-cost iPad and and detailed some of its um, education-specific initiatives that it was rolling out in the near term. And I still haven't uh, been able to sit down and record a podcast episode about that, but I still intend to. And then earlier this week, we had the uh, report from Bloomberg that said that Apple was planning on ditching Intel as its processor supplier for the Macintosh line as early as 2020 in favor of its own internally designed, in-house design chips, kind of like it does with its iOS devices. And that was the last podcast episode I did was talking about that news. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to the previous episode of Quick Take where I give my full thoughts on that. Um, And then I want to say it was later that same day was the news that Apple had hired away uh, one of Google's um, main artificial intelligence people, Uh, which is potentially big news for Siri. And I haven't had time to do a show on that either, but I still plan to and want to and talk more about Siri and what I think about where it stands also. So we had all that. And then today, um, it was a story in TechCrunch from Matthew Panzerino, where he was able to actually talk with some of the people at Apple who are working on um, not only the next Mac Pro computer, but also all of Apple's um, pro-customer initiatives and uh a lot of juicy stuff in this and this is particularly interesting because um you know the 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 last podcast i did was on the report from bloomberg about apple potentially switching away from intel and that may prove to be exactly right but that was just a report citing unnamed sources this article from TechCrunch is um where we actually have apple people by name on the record talking about this so this is really exciting stuff and um Unfortunately, my first six or so episodes aren't currently online, so you can't go back and listen to those at the moment, but um, the very first episode I did was right on the heels of Apple redesigning the MacBook Pro in October 2016, and all of the context of that time was about how it had been so long since Apple had made any updates to any of its pro computer lines. And a lot of the pro customers were starting to feel left behind. And there was questions about, is Apple still interested in the Mac? Or are they focused so much on iOS that they're letting the Mac slip? So that was kind of the context of the time and the context in which this show came about. So it's really interesting to come back full circle on this topic. Um, the The big take or one of the the main headline things that that people are circling from this this article today, is that the, the new Mac Pro, and that's Apple's top-of-the-line desktop computer, um, the new one that we've all been waiting for for quite some time is not going to ship until sometime in 2019. Okay, and we'll talk about that in more detail. Uh, but there's a whole lot of other information uh, in here as well. Uh, about this time last year uh, was when Apple... Um, first decided to start opening up about what they were thinking in terms of the pro customer, that MacBook Pro had come out. I think Apple was really confident in it and really thought it was going to be a hit. And the reality is it has been, it's been a big seller. Um, I think most people buying MacBook Pros really aren't even aware of this, this conversation that's been happening. Um, because as, uh, as important as the pro market is to a lot of us who have been Mac fans for a long time, um, the reality is that the Mac itself is a small part of Apple's overall business, and the pro Mac customer is an even smaller part of that business. And a lot of these pros know that as well, which was leading some of the concern about exactly how important they were to Apple in 2016, 2017, and now 2018. And that's understandable. Um, But I think we have to put it in the context of just remembering that uh, relative to all that Apple is and represents in 2018, uh, that customer is is a small, um, is a small part of Apple's overall business. Um, So I I think a lot of the um, negative reaction to the the Touch Bar MacBook Pro in 2016 and going into 2017 that Apple experienced, I think they were caught off guard by that. And so about this time last year, they held a small roundtable event where they hosted a handful of journalists, uh, including Matthew Panzerina, who wrote today's article, um, to 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 talk a little bit more about their strategy. Um, And at that time, they uh, talked about the fact that they were working on a new um, Mac Pro, but that it wasn't going to be coming out in 2017. And I think um, even though they specifically did not say it would come out in 2019, they just said it wouldn't wouldn't be coming out in 2017, I think it was only natural for a lot of people to to jump to the conclusion that, okay, it wasn't going to come out in 2017, but surely in 2018 it was going to come out. And while even I at the time talked about it and, you know, kind of hedged what I said about that because Apple was hedging what it said, um, you know, I confess as much as anyone, I also expected that they were going to have it ready for 2018. So it is disappointing that, uh, Apple doesn't have a new Mac pro ready to roll out today. I think we'd all like to see that it would, it would assuage a lot of the concerns that have been out there. Um, but uh, at least now we know for sure, concretely, that it's coming out in 2019, and we've got a lot more information about it. And I also think at this time, it's important to um, consider some other context, because of course, you know, some of the people who are most vocal uh, in the pro community, in the pro Apple community, um, have definitely uh, been a little eeyore shall we say, uh, about this whole situation and it's still there's there so there's some of those vocal minority customers who still see this as kind of a sky is falling thing when it comes to the mac pro and i you know i tend to be on the other hand pretty positive overall about apple's long-term um, response to uh, potential challenges um, and you know maybe somewhere in the middle between the really negative people and me being generally sunny is where you should land i don't know everyone has to kind of decide that for themselves however um if you know over the last uh 18 years or so since i bought my first mac i think it's pretty reasonable to to say that uh you know being optimistic about apple in the long term has been a pretty wise outlook to have but let's jump into this a little bit i've got some excerpts here from the article that i wanted to read to you and again you should definitely go and read this whole thing because it's packed with really interesting details and again this is uh, an article from techcrunch um, from Matthew Panzerino. And, um, so he starts off, he started off talking about again, the year ago event And he says, now one year later, I was invited back to Apple to talk to the people most responsible for shepherding the renewed pro product strategy. John Turnus, vice president of hardware engineering, Tom Boger, senior director of Mac hardware product marketing, Judd Copeland, director of video apps, product marketing, and Xander Soren, director of music apps, product marketing. So again, we've got a whole bunch of people on the record, names specifically, that he was able to interview and, and openly talk about here. He goes on. The interviews and demos took place over several hours, highlighting the way that Apple is approaching upgradability, development of its pro apps, and most interestingly, how it has changed its process to help it more fully grok how professionals actually use its products. Uh, let me go on here. After an initial recap in what they'd done over the past year, including MacBooks and the iMac Pro, I was given the day's first piece of news: the long-awaited Mac Pro update will not arrive before 2019. So, of course, that's your big headline piece of news. But there's, a, but again, I think we need to keep in mind some context. It's not as if Apple has not been doing anything. It is true that we haven't had a meaningful upgrade to the MacBook to the Mac Pro tower, excuse me, uh, now in five years, and it'll be six years by the time 2019 rolls around and this new product comes out. However, since October 2016, they have uh, redesigned the MacBook Pro line, and they've actually not only done that, but last year they had a speed bump release to it as well, which is awesome. Um, And they've also released the iMac Pro, which is a very high-end iMac that for a whole lot of uh, professional customers who need a desktop Mac is going to meet their needs. And they've also um, been uh, working on bringing eGPUs or external GPUs, graphics processing units to the market. And uh, they had that in beta for a while and you could buy a development kit. And as of this week with the release of High Sierra 10.13.4, eGPU support is no longer in beta. It is now fully supported. And I think that's going to be a really interesting thing for a lot of customers to consider um, because you know mobility is more important than ever. Um, laptops vastly outsell desktop computers. And if you think about someone working in pro video or pro audio, being able to take a laptop with them with all their work out into the field or into a meeting room to show somebody and then being able to come back to their desk and plug in an external graphics processor. Um, Think about those video editors and those graphic designers and motion graphics people being able to plug into really high performance external GPU so you almost have the best of both worlds um that's going to be i think a really big thing going forward so apple's to, you know again this is the context in which we kind of approach the mac pro so I, what, what, you know i don't want to miss the forest for the trees here and focus so much on the mac pro that we forget all the things that apple's done in the last uh, 18 months or so uh, to service the pro customer okay so continuing in the article and continuing with i believe this is john turnus from apple speaking he says We want to be transparent and communicate openly with our Pro community, so we want them to know that the Mac Pro is a 2019 product. It's not something for this year. And then Panzerino goes on. In addition to transparency for its Pro customers, there's also a larger fiscal reason behind it. So going back to the Apple executive, he says, We know that there's a lot of customers today that are making purchase decisions on the iMac Pro and whether or not they should wait for the Mac Pro, says Boger. Now it's a year later, and Apple has created a team inside the building that houses its Pro products group. It's called the Pro Workflow Team, and they haven't talked about it publicly before today. Uh, okay, I'm going to stop there for a second. Um, and sorry if I'm kind of jumping all over the place in this article. Um, but um, a lot of the people who heard today's news and are still kind of down on the dumps about the state of the Mac Pro jumped all over this word transparent. So again, this executive from Apple said, we want to be transparent and communicate openly with our Pro community. So we want them to know that the Mac Pro is a 2019 product. And for a lot of people, um, this was as eye rolling as uh, Phil Schiller's courage comment with respect to removing the headphone jack from the iPhone where it seemed a little tone deaf or not realistic. And I get where they're coming from, but but he's not talking about totally opening the doors. So transparency doesn't mean totally opening the doors and showing the world everything they're working on right now or talking to or giving feedback or getting feedback from every single pro customer. What he means is transparent with respect to purchasing decisions because a lot of these pro customers uh, work in the enterprise um, or you know maybe they're independent shops, but at any rate, they have uh, budgetary concerns with respect to purchasing new hardware and so you know since since a lot of people since apple knows a lot of people interpreted their comments last year as the mac pro is going to come out in 2018 they're saying wait we want to let you know because we know you've got to make purchasing decisions on hardware not to worry not to you know budget for the mac pro this year but maybe to consider products that are already out and to let you know that it's going to be next year that the mac pro is going to come out so that's what he's talking about with transparency um, in additioning, in addition to, I think, being more transparent, not totally transparent, this is Apple we're talking about, but more transparent with respect to the process they're going through. Um, so going back to this, this pro workflow team is really interesting. And uh, I think I've got some more of my quote here uh, from the article here, from what they were talking about. Let's see. So it's called the pro workflow team, and they haven't talked about it publicly before today. So that's that's uh, the author Matthew Panzerino uh, saying Apple hasn't talked about it until now. He continues The group is under John Turnus and works closely with the engineering organization. The bays that I'm taking to later to chat about Final Cut Pro, for instance, are a few doors away from the engineers tasked with making it run great on Apple hardware. Uh, so that's really interesting. So, uh, you know, they've got the group working on the hardware, and then very close is this pro workflow team who's, you know, working with the engineers to understand the pro-customer workflow. Okay, let me go on here. He continues. Uh, we said in the meeting last year that the pro community isn't one thing, says Turnus, It's very diverse. There's many different types of pros, and obviously they go really deep into the hardware and software and are pushing everything to its limit. So one thing you have to do is we need to be engaging with the customers to really understand their needs because we want to provide complete pro solutions, not just deliver big hardware which we're doing and we did it with iMac Pro, but look at everything holistically. So there's a lot in this paragraph, but one thing that I think is super important, he said, is that there's not one thing, when we talk about the Pro customer, we're not talking about one thing. And that's one thing that that I pointed out um, when all the kerfuffle from Pro customers and about the Mac Pro was going on, is that a lot of times when I hear Pro customers saying, Apple's not doing what the Pro customer needs, and, and those kind of comments, they're really saying, Apple's not doing what I need or what I want. Um, and the reality is there really are lots of different types of pro customers. Um, it, there, is, It's absolutely true that the current MacBook Pro, for example, is not meeting the needs of every single pro customer. However, I think it's fair to say that it's absolutely meeting the needs of most customers, most pro customers, um, it, it, you know, the iMac Pro is is probably more than enough for most Pro customers. But that doesn't negate the fact that there still are some Pro customers with really high-end needs that even it isn't meeting. So I think what Turnus is saying here is is key, that there is not really one one single monolithic thing called a Pro customer that has these specific needs. There's really a whole bunch of people that they have to look at, and there's lots of different types of Pro work. Um, and so he's saying here that, um, you know, they really need to be in touch with what the customer is saying, all the different types of pros are saying, and understand, as he says, holistically, kind of what's needed here. Uh, and this is interesting, too. He says, these aren't necessarily always fundamental performance issues, notes Turnus, These aren't things that you'd find in a benchmark or an automated test flow. You know we have examples where we find something, like it's a window that a 3D animator uses frequently to make some fine tweaks. The windows are not super graphically intensive in terms of processing and stewing, But we have found an issue where that window was taking like six to ten seconds to open and they're doing that a hundred times a day right like i can't work on a machine like this it's too slow so we dig in and we figure out what it was in that case we found something in the graphics driver was not right and once you know where to look and you fix it it completely changes the kind of live-on ability for that system the productivity for that user completely changed so um, you know, through the scope of this, uh, he goes on to say that um, they have actually hired into Apple a bunch of pro creatives in various disciplines. Um, and those that haven't joined full time, they've also contracted out with others. So, you know, for everyone that's that maybe one of their complaints about Apple is that Apple just kind of dictates to the market what what its will is for or what its opinion is and the market has to to react to it. If that's one of your hang-ups about Apple, this specifically this whole article is talking about how Apple is specifically bringing creatives in to work with them, uh, to work with their workflow and engineering teams to better understand what the pro customer's needs are. So I, I don't know. I, I know some people, after reading all this, still had some things to complain about, but I honestly don't see how you have anything really to get too upset about apart from the fact that it's just not ready as soon as we want it to be. But the fact is that they are... It it seems like they've got a great handle on the fact that they know they need to be very in touch with the Pro customer so as not to make the mistake they made with the Mac Pro in 2013. Where I think they honestly thought that this was one of the many times where, you know, one of Apple's things is the Wayne Gretzky quote, skate to where the puck is going, where Apple, you know, and they've had a high hit rate on this where they have changed the market by making a radical change or a radical rethink of something. And that winds up being where the market is going, so for you know for a lot of people, if you remember when the iPhone came out it was a, a massive hang up for some people that the iPhone didn 't have a physical keyboard, but Apple believed that you know the feature of the smartphone was not to have a physical keyboard but to have that on screen one and If you look out today it 's almost impossible to find a smartphone with a key- physical keyboard it 's almost all you know just touching a virtual keyboard on a glass screen. And I think that Apple thought in 2013 that they were doing that with the direction they were taking the Mac Pro and it turns out they were completely wrong. And they know that they were wrong. And so now they're saying, "Well, we don't want to do that again. We're going to meet with real creative professionals to try to understand what we need to do and where we need to take these products going forward." Not only that, but they're looking at the whole thing from from a whole workflow standpoint. So not everything, um, can. not every problem can be solved just by throwing more and more hardware at something. That that does solve a lot of problems. But as he's talking about some of these specific issues, like, you know, when you sit down with someone who does this work day in and day out, you can see little things that you wouldn't have necessarily thought about in terms of the way the software interface is working. Um, and he he lists that specific example there that shows that, hey, here's here's an area where, um, there's a real pain point that these these uh, users have to work with and live with every day and uh we can work right around it and help them you know come up with a solution to this problem that you know just making a faster computer wouldn't have any anything to do with whatsoever so um again where it's a bummer that the new Mac Pro isn't ready i think i i just i just think you have to be excited about what apple's doing for pros now. There's no question that they fumbled and bungled uh, for, for a good four years there the messaging and have only just started to course correct in late 2016 and are now you know, fully committed to getting things back on track. I, I think the evidence for that is the two MacBook Pro refreshes we've had uh, focusing on uh, bringing external GPUs to the Mac in a big way um, and introducing the iMac Pro to market. And also, for over a year now, we've known that they're working on a new Mac Pro, and now we know concretely it's going to come out in 2019. So we have a whole bunch more information today than we did before about what's going to happen with the Mac Pro. We know you know, roughly when it's coming out, next year sometime. And we have way more of a peek into their thinking and their methodology behind serving the Pro customer. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this. I can't wait to see what comes of this, Um, and uh, I think the future is still super bright for the Mac and for the Pro customer using the Mac. So I'd love to hear what you think. Uh, Feel free to find me on Twitter, at J.W.Sherrod, S-H-E-R-R-O-D. You can also go to the App Store on the iPhone and download the free Anchor app and record a voice message, whether it's comment or question, whatever, and you can send it to me and I can actually include it in a future episode of the show. Uh, Also, if you could, go on to uh, iTunes Rapple Podcast and give me a five-star rating. That really helps with the visibility of the show. And again, if you could share uh, this episode on your social media, that would be a big help also. Thanks so much, and I'll check you out next time.